0: Okay then, thank you. Welcome to uh, Oasis Weekend School. I think it's the 18th to the 21st of April 2008, and the title of it is In the Hands of God. So we're going to start with a prayer, Um, and it's a crafted prayer, which I shall be talking something a bit about later. This is a prayer that I've prayed on and off for a long time. I wrote it um, based on Graham Cook's in October 2002 so here we are Father thank you what you've set aside for us is so powerful so profound you've made provision and Father our job in this whole thing is to cooperate with the Holy Spirit is to respond to who you are and all that you're doing I thank you that part of what you're doing is just to expose in us what needs to change next And when you show us that, you also want to show us your provision for just that situation. And thank you, there's never going to be a time when you don't show us something wrong without showing us the glory and majesty of heaven that is going to come. I ask that we will live as excited people, that we will be excited about everything. Excited about where we've changed and excited about the next change you're going to make. Because as we cooperate with you, Lord, we're going to grow from glory to glory, strength to strength, in the hand of God. I thank you, Lord, that you've made provision for each one of us exactly where we're at right now. I pray that we will have the pleasure of responding to you. That we will be childlike and simple in this whole approach, Father. That what you want next, you get next that we will be happy in our submission to you, happy in our cooperation, delighted to take part in the next thing you're doing, not daunted by our own weakness or our own faults or our flaws but excited that you've got a plan because you know the plans and purposes you have for us to give us a future and a hope. And I pray that in our own sequence of change will come a faith to enable us to go to other people who are struggling and say, God's got a plan for this struggle and it's glorious and you're going to love it. It's going to give to you what you most need, what you're really hungry for and are crying out for. That we become, Lord, through our own cooperation, we become architects of somebody else's increase and strength and building. So, Father, I pray, would you just give us a spirit of wisdom to understand the processes that we're in and to cooperate with you. And enjoy, Father, that we would enjoy even our changes for Jesus' sake. Amen. So the major thing that I'm looking for from you all this weekend is cooperation with what the Holy Spirit asks of you. And he will never ask you anything that he doesn't empower you to do. That is a a rule of thumb. So do not be afraid of what he might ask you. Thank you. So I sense that God doesn't want us to rush anything over this weekend, but to savour his presence and enjoy getting to know him in a different way. So relax, we're going to aim to increase our God consciousness over the next few days. And in fact you'll see there's a prayer on the bottom of that handout that I gave you. Father, increase my God consciousness over this weekend. To come to the place where we're actively involved with him 24-7 and acknowledging him in all our ways in order that he may direct our paths. It's his delight to do that, you know, but he won't do it unless we ask. So Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 say just that. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And the next couple of verses are worth having as well. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. So we want that. What we're going to be looking at is growing up in God. Because the aim of the Holy Spirit is maturity, maturity, maturity. So you will need to have a journal or a notebook because He will speak. And if at any time you feel Him drawing you away, please just go. Don't think you've got to stay in a session. Get up, find somewhere to be with Him because this is what this is all about. It's being with Him. So if He speaks, and draws you away and says rise up my love my fair one and come away off you go. One thing to remember don't strive. He initiates we respond. Wait for his touch expect it and respond when you receive it. It will be different for all of us. For those of you who are staying we will be listening to a tape in the evening It's optional. If you don't want to, there's no pressure. You can stay in your room or whatever. And same with the sessions. If you don't want to attend, please feel free to stay in your room because there's no pressure on you. You're here uh, to enjoy the presence of God. Now, Gina has got something I'd like her to tell you about. It's a comb and a jigsaw puzzle. Uh i so we'll around for a minute. <laughs> Add to the ambience. Sorry? Add to the ambience. <laughs> that's it, <laughs> rattling around for a minute. Coughs and muscles. Go on then. What was it? As you know,
1: the Proverbs, the Lord, your ways and he will
0: direct your And it goes on, as, as Girl said, it will be health and healing to your bones and. That's been, I read that every day. Tremendous. Yeah. You know, if you do that, I'll do that. Yes. That's it. These are what are called conditional yeah. promises. You no. see, yeah. the condition yeah. is you know that you know do this. That if mm. you don't see what it's talking about, yes. we've really got to come into yeah. alignment with this word yeah. and then we see the heavens open. Right.
1: Madam. Okay, so I'm just going to. Okay. Approximately nine or ten days ago, I was in the dining room looking for something and. Um, I opened this drawer, and I had two crackers left over from um, a dinner I'd done for my daughter and grandchildren. And I felt the Lord say, "Open that cracker." And I said, uh, what, "That one, Lord? Or, or do you mean the red one? Because there was a gold one, or there was a red one?" He said, "No, I want you to open that one." And when I opened it, out popped this in a plastic bag. I in a plastic bag, and I thought, "Oh, a jigsaw puzzle." And I thought this weird jigsaw puzzle has got, like, teeth on the end. And I immediately felt the Lord say, Where are we? Uh, you are an important part of the jigsaw. The work being done in you right now is necessary for you to be able to fit in place and stand firm. Do not run away from what is happening, but allow me to complete the work in you. So I thought, Oh, okay, so took the thing out, started putting it together, and I thought, oh, it's a comb. So for the benefit of the tape, you know, yeah, as they say, it's a I am putting right. the jigsaw puzzle pieces together, and it becomes.
0: Tell them about the colours. A comb. And
1: well, yeah, as I put as I as I put it together, I could see it was a comb, but. Once it was complete, the Lord said, as my people take their rightful places in the jigsaw, it becomes ready and fit for the purpose it was created for. It becomes a mighty tool. Mm-hmm. And what he was saying was, and that is just that there's so much diversity and such bright colours, and but you all fit together, even if it... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just so it's like, like a beautiful. a rainbow,
0: actually, doesn't
1: it? Yes, you're saying, like the promises of God. Co- covenant. And it becomes... What it was created for, you know <laughs> and it works, and it's a you know marvelous tool and I, I haven't written this other bit down, but I just really felt God was just really showing how important we all are to him, and how well, the other bit I got last night, actually funnily enough, so I didn't get this at the time, but I just wrote this down, and I just said, Father says, be united, don't fight the process of wholeness, and believe you have a specific place." One I, de- one I designed for you alone, and no one else will do. Yeah. And yeah. I remember Beryl saying to me a while back, you know, if one of us drops out, I mean, she was talking to me specifically because of something that was going on with me at the time, but if one of us drops out, somehow the gap has to be filled. But it, there is always going to be a gap because...
0: You were meant to be there. Yeah,
1: because we were meant to be there. So it'll never be quite as strong, in a sense... Not that god's purposes won't be accomplished one way or another, but it will take longer it'll be harder because we all need to be where we need to be, because if there was one piece of this kind missing, it just wouldn't work you know it wouldn't work at all
0: That's brilliant. brilliant absolutely wonderful thank you lovely the way God progressively reveals himself. us through situations and circumstances in our lives. And to do this we will be looking and using the experiences of Abraham, Moses and David who came to know God in different ways at different times in their lives. But first I want you to find something out about yourself. So in this session we will be using some modelling clay to see what your heart is like in the hands of God. The Lord told me there was no rush this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just wanted to add
1: a bit more uh, to this comb. Uh, where I said if a bit was missing, it wouldn't work. I was totally wrong, and God's showing me that if a bit's missing, it will still work, but it'll be a lot smaller, and the same ground won't be covered. Uh-huh. And so, when one of us is missing, although his plans will still come to pass, the same ground won't be covered. Uh-huh and uh, yeah I just, yeah. Brilliant, yeah,
0: that was absolutely brilliant. For the benefit of everybody listening on CD, the girls have got clay and they are working it and while they're working it they are the Lord is speaking to them about the state of their hearts and the question was how easy is it for God to mould your heart and so while they're doing this He's speaking, and they're journaling whatever it is that he's saying to them, and that they will be working on during the course of the weekend. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, I'm just sitting here looking, and on a Monday night, whenever anyone turns up, I've been teaching on the Psalms and. What is under my nose is Exodus twenty four twelve, uh, where Moses was called up to the mountain, and the Lord said to him, Come up to me in the mountain and remain there, and I'll give you the stone tablets with the law and the commandments which are written for their instruction. So Moses arose with Joshua his servant, and Moses went up to the mountain of God. And the notes that are under my nose are God said to Moses, Be there. And we are not just not used to being there. We are used to doing. Moses came up the mountain, and he was there six days waiting on the Lord. Okay. Whoa! That pen won't That's right the either. third pen now. Is it your paper or the pen? the children of Israel got tired of waiting and made their own God and while we're waiting God's doing something in us and that is the power of waiting on God while we're waiting on him he is preparing us and getting us ready and waiting on the Lord is a lesson in dependency and trust and it goes against our own nature just recently God has the last couple of Wednesdays it's been 10 to 10 before he's given me something for the 11 o'clock meeting and I'm not dressed yet. I've just waited because it's not my responsibility to bring a word forward. I have to just wait until he gives it. So he's doing exactly that with me. I knew what he was doing and and I was grinning really because I thought, well, if you've not, if there's no bread for the children, that's fine because I'm not going to bring out a stale old crusty thing but the result of the waiting was that it was a short message but pretty pithy so while we wait he's actually doing something the trouble is with us we won't wait so therefore he can't do it and he has to wait till he's got us pinned down again so he can do it then so one of the things i'll be teaching you over this weekend is to wait and to do it his way because being in the hands of God will mean we will learn to do things His way rather than ours. And at the end of the day, it's incumbent on all of us to keep God's commandments because the grace of God doesn't give you any leeway about doing that. Okay. Is everyone finished with their bit of clay now? No. no. Do you want to turn me on? I mean, uh, carry on though. I don't quite know how well I put this. So Grace, as we've just listened to part uh, of Graham Cook's talking on Fresh Oil, on the nature of God and Grace said she felt that God was saying that what part of his nature has he revealed to us as individuals and that it is important that we identify what that part is for Graham obviously it's the goodness of God and for me and I was going to come on to it later is the immutability of God he never ever changes and I think it's probably my at the moment it's the favorite characteristic that I have of God is that how he feels to me today is how he's always felt and it's how he will always feel He's never, ever, ever going to change the way that he feels towards me. In fact, I crafted a prayer along those lines some couple of three four years ago, thanking him for the fact that he would never, ever change the way he was towards me. Um. That prayer actually helped me to grow um, because I kept repeating it because it was a crafted prayer. Until I believed it, because my problem was that I didn't actually believe it, and so I had to keep hearing myself say it until I came into the place that I could, I could stop saying it because I it it was it was f- uh, flesh on me. Um, I have got it here somewhere, but as a part of what we will be looking at this weekend is. Um To write down prayers and because when faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, when you keep hearing, here it is, Father, I thank you. Now, the reason I wrote this, and I haven 't put a date on it, uh, is because i wasn't sure. I thank you, you 're going to be the same to me every single day until I totally, totally believe it. You are my hiding place, my strong tower, my shelter when the blast of the terrible ones is against the wall. You are my all-sufficiency, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. Father, you know everything that's coming against me right now, and Father, I choose right here, right now, to stand, to let nothing move me, because you have said, never will you leave me, Never will you forsake me. Father, I don't just want to grow, go through this, I want to grow through this. I ask that you grace me for this, that the character of Christ may be so manifest in me that the enemy will see he can't win and will turn tail and run right now because he doesn't see me, he sees you. Thank you, Father, that every time the enemy contests something, it's because you're establishing something. I'm going to come out of this with a tool in my fist against the enemy. And Father, I want to make it worth the fight. I want to come out of this, Lord, with vengeance in my heart against the enemy. That's my inheritance to make him pay. To make him so fed up, so discouraged, so intimidated, so fearful. He doesn't dare come calling for the fear of his life. Father, I pray that in this you will show me what you're doing that I may be intrigued with you and not intimidated by the enemy or circumstances, that you would show me how I should position myself, Lord, how I should pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray that in my life, Father, Jesus will see the travail of his soul and be satisfied." (laughs) And I've put an asterisk. I'm not going to be stuck in these circumstances. I'm going to move beyond them to a wide and spacious place of blessing, power and significance. And another asterisk. Mm -hmm. I'm in this for the long haul, not the short sprint. (laughs) (laughs) What was it Grace said again? That you would examine yourself and see what it is that God is for you and put a name on it.
1: Mm. I'll write it down actually. What part of his character has he revealed to us and what would we call it?
0: What part of his character? Mm. Maybe more than one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I never know what is the difference between his attributes and his character. I expect Mm -hmm. his his, immutability is his attributes, probably. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But character is his kindness and goodness, his faithfulness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And 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 his patience. And his patience. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's Mm -hmm. going to be different for each one of us. Mm -hmm. For me, it's um, love. Yeah. he's never sort of, no matter all the others that he showed me. It's as if, you know when the tape is stuck in a particular thing? Yeah. And you can't. Go into it. And it's love, you know. Yeah. For me, that's just blown. Everything away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, So, just before we finish for the morning session, I'm still on that mountain. Mm i prepared a prayer because what and one of the other things i'll be getting you working you see is prayer and proclamation this is why the declaration proclamation so important as we hear ourselves saying things we rise up in the spirit silent prayer is all very well but it doesn't grow you on anywhere at all you know very anglican silent prayer Uh, so you need to have to speak it out It's nothing no derogation or whatever the word is about the Anglicans that, but we do need to actually speak it out and I've prepared this prayer or proclamation for you guys and I would like you to pray it if you feel able to edit it if there are things you don't feel able to speak out but to pray it not only while you're here but when you go home and it goes like this Father I Thank you for the opportunity to learn more about your goodness and greatness. I thank you and bless you because you are Almighty God, El Shaddai. We'll have a look at some of the names of God a bit later, if the Lord will. I ask for a spirit of revelation and wisdom to speak to me and prepare me now for what you want to show me and teach me. Holy Spirit, I, and then you stick your name in ask that you would go before me now and make a way for my heart to be ready and prepared. Show me the things that I will need to let go of so I can take hold and step into the new position you have for me. Father, thank you. You're going to bring forth a clearer picture of my identity in you. I'm going to walk forward into a new love relationship with you. You're going to stir my heart with such love and tenderness that it will bring forth a new desire in me that cannot be contained. A desire to step into everything you intend for my life. Thank you, Father, you're so intentional towards me. Thank you that you have designs on me. You don't want me in a stuck place, but going forward with you into this new season of life that stands before me. Amen. Amen. So, there they are if you'd like to take those and uh, we'll sort of draw it till close there and start this afternoon again. So the first thing I want to do is to just start with a prophecy and it's in um, Graham's book The Language of Promise and it's right at the back but I caught, it caught my eye this morning and I think he wants us to know it goes like this My Beloved One Heaven is not bankrupt and I am not capricious in my giving I am wholehearted and unchanging in my love for you In all of my dealings with you I do seek your growth an increase in depth and maturity I stretch out circumstances because I am stretching increasing your faith I am seeking to show you more of how I think and develop you to walk in my paths and know my ways. Always look to me. I am the Father who never changes. You are my first fruits to myself. Everything I do with and for you is by the truth and the exercise of my will. Live the same as I do. Love the truth and see the will as the primary vehicle for receptivity. When we go through the teachings this afternoon, or whenever we get it, you'll see that everything that God has given me to teach on is actually mentioned in there. The fact that He is unchanging, the fact that He's stretching and increasing our faith, um, the fact that uh, the will is the primary vehicle for receptivity. It's absolutely amazing when I read this. I thought, Father, you are astonishing, really. I said to Joyce, I put this thing together and then saw the way the theme that God had put through it. Do not allow your emotions to run the show because they will agitate against faith. Your will cooperates with faith and waits patiently for the promise to be fulfilled. You were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. The blessing depends on your positioning before me. In all things, I'm teaching you how to be God conscious in all your ways developing your will in submission to mine increases your stability enlarges your power and enhances your faith again as I've looked at the way that God has brought me this year and the teachings the baton teachings that we've done submission was the second one in February and it is absolutely amazing how key that is because it was leaning on the beloved Uh, it was about leadership and authority and how it's actually about leaning on the beloved Um, and the submission is to him and if we do not submit to him we will never submit to anything else and developing your will in submission to mine increases your stability enlarges your power and enhances your faith there is a difference between being slow and being patient your father is not slow but patiently waits for the right time and the right growth as again it's all about growth this weekend As you learn to receive my promises, know that I'm wanting you to learn much more than how to obtain things. I'm teaching you about position, using the will, learning patience, and being stretched. It's through faith and patience that you will inherit the promises. I'm wholehearted to you within the process, again, it's about process, that I have designated for you in your current circumstances process is the path follow it and find me I'm not far from you <coughs> give me. walk in the manner I'm teaching you all things always work in your favour favour can be immediate or eventual according to the time frame that I've set for you in this current phase relax, rest in me I know what is best learn the process of how I want to give you of how I want to give to you in this current season then everything will come to you and all things will fall to you as I have decreed your loving father So, it's all about that's all about what we'll be looking at so the first thing I had that I wanted to do was to pray the nature of God of Grahams there and the second that I had on my little list here was to read the Dust Bowl Prophecy. Some of you have heard this, haven't you, the Dust Bowl Prophecy? Uh, Very current. Everything's being kicked up everywhere. It actually is quite incredible that the... the um, Dust Bowl, and there's another one, she did the two pathways, and that speaks, to think, about pinpoints of light and some moving on and some not. Or is it in this one that says it? One of them. Um... And it's, it mirrors what you have said in yeah. that one. So this yeah, that is,
1: did come to mind when I read it again yesterday. Yeah. But I didn't see it when I wrote it in January. Yeah, amazing.
0: Yeah. So this is the Dust Bowl one. I saw great waves of dust rolling over the land. It looked like surf, but it was all dust, blowing across the ground. This is Chris Larkin, swordfire.org, I think she is. It was like a huge dust storm, but it wasn't caused by windstorms or tornadoes. It was from the earth. The waves kept rolling. They were no higher than buildings or any man-made construction and they rolled over everything that could be seen. It seemed like the dust was in the wake of angelic hordes being released over the land, stirring everything and everybody, unsettling them. I saw many people being lifted and put down in different positions or places. Then I could see the outline of horses' hooves in the dust galloping across the group, but the horses' hooves did not cause the dust. I could see angelic hosts above the horses, but they were not riding them, they were accompanying them. As these waves rolled I could see figures running around and I knew that the dust was coming from the figures. People who were stirred up, shaken, disorientated, there was a lot of running round, people rushing in confusion. There was a stirring up of all that was earthly and it was preordained time for this to happen. Yet it was also a response to the prayer of many saints who had cried out for healing of the land. The prayers were not being answered in the way they would thought, and to some it seemed a terrible thing, even the work of the enemy. But it was the Lord's mercy being released. All that was built on man-made structures was suddenly seen and then blown away, leaving level, clear places. This is happening to churches right now, all over the place. Established churches that have been thinking they're going the right way but you know it's not how you start it's how you finish you cannot not walk with him every step of the way you find yourself off out in the wilderness somewhere I realized that the angels and horses were sent to stir up everything that was neither in the right place position or purpose or in the right heart attitude so I knew that the stirring was a good thing but it didn't seem like that to watch and it certainly wouldn't have felt good to the people who were in the middle of the waves I saw buildings crumbling in the dust and lots of paper flying around. Through the dust I could see pinpoints of the most amazing light, pinpoints of glory. Some lights stayed in their place during the dust waves, but others seemed to move ahead of the waves. I asked the Lord what it meant, and he said that his plans and purposes for time on earth now have moved into a new time, the planned time. Time had slipped but this time he had to have his people right in the right place with the right people and in right relationship with him and the body, in other words it was a Kairos moment, it was when God came in we are in Kronos he came in at a given time so he sent his angels to minister the stirring up of the people but the dust was not from the angels it was the earthly things being stirred up and blown away so I take that to be us because we're dust He said that many in this time will be repositioned or have radical changes in circumstances or situations. Old mindsets and even godly desires will be swept away to prepare for this time on earth which is ordained from heaven. After the dust had been stirred there was to be a time of seeming silence and emptiness but this too was the Lord and the emptiness was to be filled with a desire for God and his will alone, nothing of the earth. Then a great silence, a stillness, a moment occurred. The moment was for a response. After the response movements slowly began to be seen and people emerged. It looked like red cross uniforms moving across a battlefield after a great battle. People of comfort and hope emerged first. Words of encouragement were bringing restoration and courage to build out of the emptiness and devastation. Many repairers and restorers then appeared. The devastation was most seen in those who had been captive to religious structures, which did not bring life, and many of these came from surprising places. The purpose of the horses was to trample the earth, so that people could see what was of dust and what was of the Lord. So much dust was thrown up. The pinpoints of glory were the things of heaven, which were established on earth. Some of the things were established and needed to stay behind. This is where it's like your prophecy, Gina. Mm -hmm. Others were to carry forward into the new time as they had yet to reach completion. However, I knew that some of those lights that stayed behind had also not reached completion, but that the time had passed and they needed to Mm -hmm. be left, as they did not fit what was coming. Any of these lights in the future would be through a different means, and those who were holding on to them needed to let go or stay behind. They would stay in their present places still holding the glory of God but missing the opportunity to move into the new thing God was going to do. I asked the the Lord what people should do when the dust was rising and he said what do you do in a dust storm? You should cover your eyes, ears and mouths. This was to keep them clear so vision, hearing and testimony are not distorted. It will also stop premature words being released. Words will come later after the dust has passed I will move in hearts and speak my secret plans and mysteries so the people might not be deceived or confused during the dust storm and will have the courage and strength to move forward with me. The prophets will speak when the dust has settled for what is really happening during the dust storm is not to be spoken about. Much challenge, repentance and purification will take place in the dust. Much grace and mercy will be released hearts will be revealed. I knew it would be a shock and a loss to those who have been busy building structures and plans. Many structures which fulfilled God's purpose in in the past will be redundant in this new time. The structure the Lord is ordaining for the new time is built first on relationship with function following. Just as God is relational first and out of relationship life comes. Who we are together will determine what we do, not what we do signifying who we are. There is no lack of things to do, but there is a famine of true fellowship. Fellowships of the heart will emerge from the dust storm. It will seem that like all that is left of our old way is a heart to serve God. There will be no obvious form or structure to hide under. The Spirit will lead and guide, gather and reposition people, ready for what is coming only God can do this. So we're in a brilliant time, but we're in a time where none of us know where we quite are, which is fine. Uh, If you don't mind being like that it's fine, but if you like to hang on to things it's not so good. So I think I've already told you about the things that we're going to be looking about, I will run quickly through them. We're going to be doing meditation on the personhood of God in order that we can change the way we think and speak a new language and what we think about. Uh, We're going to do a meditation, or as Graham calls it, a Lectio Divina, on Psalm 139 or Isaiah 55, 8 to 11. And I'll tell you how to do that when we get to it. And the disciplines that I'll give you to take away are these declarations, proclamations, and the ability to meditate. Because what you learn here is something you, you essentially must take away and put into practice. Not that you think, now that's a fine thing, that's nice, I've heard that, that's lovely. What's new? What's next? Put into practice what you've got. So we will start by each day by thinking about him. Thinking, thanking, praising and worshipping. And tomorrow I will model what I mean with prayer and proclamation. And give you one to do yourself. <laughs> daily. The agenda is flexible because God may change it. Could be soaking, anything and we already know that we've asked the Holy Spirit to increase our God consciousness. One of the important things we're going to be looking at maybe in a minute is what it feels like to be out of focus. Mm. So this may diagnose for you where you are right now, Um, it may or may not, but if what I describe is is how you feel then you'll know that it's out of focus. So let your spirit man rise up Um, The next sort of advert for upcoming attractions is the next school like this will be in July Um, don't know the dates yet it'll be a a midweek one and it will be called living to please God so as I said this morning being in the hands of God will mean we learn to do things his way rather than ours and the whole thrust of this weekend will be seeing things from his viewpoint and putting him first in our lives you can say I can go back to that so this may be a learning curve for some of us but we do need to look away to him look away from ourselves to him and it's a spiritual discipline and as I've already said I'll be teaching you some of those to take away with you so you can put them into practice at home we've talked about the first one which is meditating on the person of God this means thinking deeply about who he is and placing our minds as a deliberate conscious choice on the one who loves us to distraction, who created us and knows all about us. And that will bring us to a place of peace and plenty. And we need to learn to do this or we'll experience defeat in every area of our lives because our minds must come under the benevolent control of the Holy Spirit. It's only ever one battle and it's the battle for your mind so as I said before we'll start each morning with thinking about him not ourselves we'll focus away from ourselves to our magnetic north and we'll end each evening with saturating ourselves in teaching about him so we're going to marinate declaration I've talked about that and from this I will write you uh, you, ask you to write a eulogy uh, which is high praise telling God who he is and then, not tomorrow maybe, but maybe Sunday and Monday, or even if you've done it by tomorrow, that's brilliant. Um, you can share with us what you've written. It isn't difficult. You just look in the Psalms and use them as your starting point And start to extol Him. You will be given plenty of time to do this thing. Um, so david says in psalm 103 bless the lord O my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name he's stirring himself up to praise the lord Mm -hmm. and we shall do the same so uh, warning i shall ask you to uh, read out what you're doing i anticipate in fact i expect and i know you will be changed by the master's touch while you're here And my prayer is that, like the man in Luke 8.39, you will return home and tell how much the Lord has done for you. Uh, What I don't want to happen this weekend is to just feed you information when you haven't actually processed what you've got already. That will be counterproductive for you and a waste of time for me. So bear with me if some of this is familiar. I'm endeavouring to be a good teacher and a good prayer for you right now would be Lord show me what truth I haven't processed yet before I take on any more because essentially when we take in truth we need to process it and it needs to come flesh on us it's Lord show me what truth I haven't processed yet before I take on any more I am going to make you work over the weekend gently and lovingly but this will all be your interaction with him.
1: Mm-hmm. Sorry,
0: see you Show me what truth I haven't processed yet before I take on more. It is so easy to take in, take in, take in, OK, what's the next CD? I've heard that one to be up to date with all this and that and the next thing. But for me, I've sat under Graham Cook's teaching since I've known of him, which is about since about 1996. Uh, and I have put into practice what he said. It took me some years first before I even understood what he was talking about. Once I began to get into gear with what he was talking about, I asked the Lord before the prophetic conferences in 2002, 2003, to actually bring me up to speed so that when I went to the conferences, I would be able to take in and understand what he was speaking about. Um, because unless you understand, you cannot begin to put it into practice. And fundamentally, it's our will that needs to be exercised that's the top and bottom of the christian walk is that will has to be exercised in agreement with god and i'll be just reinforcing this all the time it's a simple word and it's spelled c-h-o-i-c-e So we're going to be looking at God's progressive revelation of Himself through the Bible. That is a brilliant thing to do. If you've never done a study on that, that I would really recommend I got so excited when I started doing this, and then I had to move on and do something else, so I had to stop. But uh, I just, I just love seeing, looking at the progressive revelation of God, from from Genesis one one right the way through to the Revelation. And from that, we learn who He really is. We'll be looking at process, steps and stairs, the process God takes us through as he changes us from one degree of glory to another. We'll be looking at growth from nepios to huios, from a baby to a fully mature son. We'll be examining the differences between living in our soul and living in the spirit and the results of both. Grace had been cribbing my notes because she was talking to me before lunch, I said... I'm probably going to teach her that this afternoon, I'm probably going to be talking about that this afternoon, everything that she came up with, her. there's the prophetic in her coming, oh the spirit speaking the same thing to us. So we should be able to pinpoint where we are now and set our sights on going higher and deeper. The course is subject to change as the Lord leads so that's just an outline. We do hope to be able to offer CDs of the course, which you can order while you're here, if you like. And they probably, I'll probably just set a, um a man amount on them. I don't know how many they'll be, but I'll say ten pounds a set. And if you can pay for them in advance, that'd be brilliant, because I find that if people pay for it in advance, they then want the goods, whereas they'll order them and forget them. Incidentally, did you order something, Grace, from the last? What? I've got, I've
1: got it on my computer. I've got a copy of it for us, still. Doing. Brilliant. 13 wasn't it
0: yeah um, Yeah, yeah, that's it so we'll start with God's progressive revelation of himself and we're going to look first at Hagar and Ishmael and we're going to look at his names and Hagar says in Genesis 16 1 to 16 this was the thing that excited me so much this was my very own revelation I really enjoyed this couldn't get away from it 16. I'm I'm using the, um, today, because it's quieter, (laughs) I'm using the New American Standard. 1 to 16. Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abraham, Now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children through her. And Abraham listened to the voice of, his, of Sarai, of Abraham, sorry not Abraham. And after Abraham had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Abram's wife Sarai took Hagar the Egyptian, her maid, and gave her to her husband, Abram, as his wife. And he went into Hagar and she conceived And when she saw she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her sight. And Sarai said to Abraham, May the wrong done to me be upon you. I gave my maid into your arms, but when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her sight. May the Lord judge between you and me. That is Mizpah there. But Abraham said to Sarai, Behold, your maid is in your power, Do to her what is good in your sight. So Sarai treated her harshly, and she fled from her presence. Now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness by the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? And she said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress Sarai. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit yourself to her authority. Moreover the angel of the Lord said to her, I will greatly multiply your descendants, so that they shall be too many to count. The angel of the Lord said to her further, Behold you are with child, and you shall bear a son, and you you shall call his name Ishmael, which means God hears. Because the Lord has given heed to your affliction, and he will be a wild donkey of a man, and his hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand will be against him. And he will live to the east of all his brothers then she called upon the name of the lord who spoke to her thou art a god who sees for she said have i even remained alive here after seeing him therefore the well was called beer lehai ruah behold it's between kadesh and Bered. so hagar bore abram a son and abram called his name the name of his son whom hagar bore ishmael and abram was 86 years old when hagar bore ishmael to him And she says, you are the Lord who sees me. She's thrust forth from the presence of a mistress and she meets Jesus and calls this well, you are the God who sees. For she said, in some um, versions it says, have I also seen here, him who sees me, the well of the one who lives and sees me. So it's my prayer that you'll experience this while you're here. That the Lord lives, who lives, hears and sees you. That was what it spoke to me when I read this passage and it just jumped out at me. That he is the one who lives, sees and hears. When we look at the scriptures what we see is a progressive revelation of who God is. He is a God who constantly reveals himself, as I said, from Genesis to Revelation. And the first name we see is in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God. The name here is Elohim, the most powerful of all the powerful ones. That is the first revelation we have. The most powerful of all the powerful ones. You can meditate on that for a while. The God who is the most powerful of all the powerful ones is your Father. Then in Genesis 2 4, we see something else. The Lord God made the heavens and the earth. There is an addition. The Hebrew, a tetragrammaton, I think they call it, YHWH, which we transliterate as Jehovah, means the self existent one. Later we see compounds of this name in Jehovah Jireh. The Lord my provider. That's Genesis 22, 13 and 14. We'll be looking at it in a minute. And Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there. That's the last verse of Ezekiel. Ezekiel 48, 35. So you see that God is progressively revealing who he is. Each time he was showing himself to his people as something different in the circumstances they were experiencing. What he wanted to be for them, right there right then so a good question for you is to say to the Lord what you want to be for me right now because he always wants to be something for you in the situation in which you find yourself Graham I think tells a story in one of his little books at a time when he was being very disobedient and um, the Lord took him back in a dream some many years later and there he was right in the middle of this disobedience and he said Jesus with an absolute impeccable time, and walks right into this scene that is in in this dream, of him doing whatever it was or saying whatever it was he was doing or saying, and he, the scene just froze, and he stood there, and Jesus walked over to him and said to him, "You know what, Gray? It wasn't your simple behaviour that upset me. You know, in that that wasn't what I was focusing on. It was what I wanted to be for you in that, and you never knew." And he woke up laughing. So whatever it is, see, God wants to be something specific to you in that situation. And it is proved throughout the, the scriptures. There it is. So when it's a war situation, they see him as the Lord of Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, the warrior king. And I think it's 1 Samuel 1, three that is the first time we see that. It's the name of Jehovah in manifestation of power. The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. Psalm 24.10 And this is the revelation we'll be seeing in these coming days as we approach the end of the end times. The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. It's not coming back as a little baby um, that everybody can go and coo over. This word that... um, Gina has given us speaks of the army and I'm very aware uh, that we are fast coming into the place where God is calling up his troops and once you join up you know you become the property of the, of the army or the Navy or the Air Force and they take everything away from you you know they take your shaving kit my dad said they take your shaving kit they cut your hair to the length they want you to be wearing it they take your clothes away they give you a uniform because you have joined their service and God's no different he's going to take everything away and kit you out with the stuff that belongs to his kingdom so you can either sit down under it or you can wriggle about with it but that is what's going to happen and in that word uh, that Gina gave us is the proof of it so he's coming and he is the Lord the King of Glory Graham says on one of his CDs, and I, I said it recently, that he says the days are coming when you will say, the king is here, the king is here, that we will actually see him in our midst. And the other day one of the girls on the Wednesday group sitting on the sofa, and I knew nothing about it, I'm teaching away, they're minding my own business, and the train of God's tr- robe came past her feet. And she saw the material. She's a seamstress, so she was very interested. in. She said, the material was exquisite. She said, I didn't tell you because you were a teacher. He was there in our midst, sweeping through, and she didn't tell me. (laughs) She didn't remember it until the battle meeting when I said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple, and she remembered it. So he's here, he's the king of glory, and that is the way that he is coming. Is everything else as well. But as we approach the end of the end, it's the Lord of hosts, the king of glory. Nobody argues with that. Then in Genesis fourteen twenty-two, we see him as something else. And the Hebrew word is El El Yon, the most high God. And he meets, does Abraham, Melchizedek. And he describes him as possessor of heaven and earth. Up until now, nothing personal, no personal name. These are attributes showing the majesty and supremacy of who God is. That he is the supreme majesty of majesties. And that all the earth and that which is in it is his and his alone. Later in Genesis 17, he reveals himself to Abraham as the one who can make a man as good as dead fruitful in the bringing forth of a son. The name then revealed is Almighty God or El Shaddai the breasted one, the nurturer and in the doing of this telling Abraham he's going to make him fruitful God changes his name from Abram to Abraham and we've all got a new name waiting for us in the sweet Barbar so we begin to see a progressive revelation of the nature and purpose of God he's for us He's our Lord, Adonai, his almighty God, El Shaddai, the nourisher, the strength giver, literally the breasted one. It speaks of nurture and care. El Shaddai not only enriches but makes fruitful. When he met Moses at the burning bush he said, I am who I am, I will be who I will be, and don't mess around with that. So I am establishing a principle here. As I say, I haven't got time to go into all the names, but I broke down once the first two verses of Psalm ninety-one, and there, in our Bibles, you see it doesn't show it, but there's about half a dozen different names for God in that in that in that first couple of verses. Let's see if I can go through it and just point it out to you because English does not translate well. We have God, God, and God. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, there you've got El El Yon, the possessor of heaven and earth, will abide under the shadow of the Almighty, El Shaddai, the breasted one. I will say of the Lord, Yahweh, the self-existent one, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, Elohim, the most powerful of all the powerful ones. They've got all those different meanings. And, and names of God in those first two verses. That makes. Do you find that out by looking into the vines? Is that how you get into finding out? No, um, I actually got that information, which I from a Schofield Bible with the Scofield notes. Right. Schofield is a bit... The only place Schofield is off base is where he says that Beatitudes are for the kingdom coming rather than the kingdom now. Uh, he says that is, that is what, what we'll all come into. But, of course, Jesus wouldn't have been talking about it if it wasn't for actually our behaviour now. S- but Schofield notes, extremely good. Schofield Bible with the notes on the bottom. that You get them all in the first few chapters. Um, I'm pointing there because that's one there. Uh, of uh, Genesis and he makes these notes down there because he studied the Hebrew and it's absolutely brilliant. I oh, know, it's always fascinating. Yeah. yeah, And there is a little book on Nathan's stone isn't it? The names of God. Mm. And that too goes into them. Um, yeah. But you see, you get as you get a revelation of these things, you see it who he is, like he gave me that I'm the, the Lord that sees me and Ishmael, the God who hears it's just brilliant it opens stuff out so the principle that I'm establishing here is that God is a God of revelation and by that I mean he constantly reveals himself to us as we can bear it Jesus said in uh, John 16, 12, I have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them yet he said that to me years ago I have many things to tell you but you can't cope with it yet and I thought, what does that mean? You know, but of course what he meant is you cannot cope with the glory of what I want to show you, of who I am. He loves it. And this part of the teaching is important, though it may sound very doctrinal and, and all that, it's because it's only as we come to trust in him, who he is, and what he wants to be for us, that we can understand what's happening when we find ourselves in the hands of God and we can allow ourselves then to be moulded by His touch because we know that He loves and cares for us. If you can take this principle on board it will help you to make sense of everything that happens in your life. Sometimes unbelief is grounded in the fact that we are frightened He's going to want to take something from us that we feel we cannot do without. That he wants to remove our comfort blanket and our toys. The need for affection at any cost will cause us to hold on to that which we think fills the need. Drugs, drink, clothing, people, you fill in your own gaps because we'll hold on to it because actually we will not have him to rule over us. This type of unbelief leads to resistance to his dealings with us, but where we resist he persists. He knows that without him we can do nothing, and our paltry efforts to meet our own needs are just that, useless. He then has to wrest them from our hands, that which we hang on to with all our might. Meeting our deepest needs without reference to Him, telling Him what we need instead of letting Him show us is all sufficiency. Because whatever your need, He is sufficient for it. Question. What is He wanting to, you to see Him as for you right now? I did ask you that just now. What does He want to be for you in your current circumstances and will you let Him fill that need? Will you let him be what he wants to be for you in your current circumstances? So God has decreed that we shall grow from one degree of of glory to another as we behold him as he is. In these days, if you have a wrong view of God, he's going to put it right. I've heard Graham Cook say in a recent prophecy that whatever church has taught you about who he is, if it's wrong he's going to have to undo it and he warns us that this could be painful in the short term but profitable in the long we're in a new era in God a kingdom era a time when the king is among us no longer will he allow us to be like the children of Israel who said we will listen to Moses but don't let God speak to us he isn't going to relate to any child of his through a third person anymore It's in your face, you and him, better learn to like it. Things are happening in the body of Christ, healings are taking place at very deep levels when people open themselves up to him, when they are alone with him, plus nothing, just you and him and it will happen, you don't need anybody else. And the new thing that he's brought me into means I no longer, quote, do personal ministry. There's no need for it. The king is among us and he will do all that needs doing. Beloved, he's always done everything that needs doing. The trouble is that we've got people dependent and he has to break us of that. So that, as I said before, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up have to get our King Uzziah out of the way. Unfortunately, this won't suit a lot of people who desire to put a King Uzziah between them and the Lord so they can pick and choose whether they obey or not. Neither will it suit those who obtain their uh, their identity from their ministry. And we're seeing a lot of that going on at the moment, that if you've got your identity in your ministry, then God is just uh, gently pointing it out. So the message to the church right now is: um, come in, ready or not, in the nicest possible way. So while you're here, be prepared to do business with him, and don't look for me to pray with you. Engage him with him yourself. You will be greatly rewarded, and he will be delighted. But as I said to you guys, you know, if if you feel you want someone to pray, ask Grace or or um, Gina. That you're both prepared for it aren't you yes Grace is we're prepared for that yes. <laughs> that's right so, uh, so we break there for a minute then but for completeness sake it's just been pointed out that I didn't actually read Gina's prophecy for those of you listening on CD and frustrated like mad so on asking the law what he wanted me to say for 2008 this is what he said You were asked by Beryl what you felt most about the coming year and you answered that it would be more of what I had to say and less of what people say. That's right. You also said you had the impression I was moving people into places, into place in the army. Also correct. Because of believers like you who are really beginning to focus on me and what I have to say and what I'm doing, this is going to begin to happen quickly. I'm strategically placing people where I want them. My army is being mobilised, but I will say that those who will not take their places will be left behind. I still love them very much, but they will not be allowed to hinder my move. My army will mobilise and you will all fight and walk in unity, but those that don't take up their places will be left in their armchairs. They will not be allowed to hold those of you back that are moving forward and being mobilised. However, keep loving them and praying for them, even if they turn against you and slander you. Keep humble and accountable to each other, and please don't get to a place where any one of you believes you have it all down pat. That's my wor- why my word says you all know in part. You need each other to bounce things off and to be corrected. I don't care what level of responsibility I've given any one of you, none of you has it all. There are times when you all get it wrong and that's when you need to accept correction. Pride is not something I will tolerate. Pride says I know it all, I never get it wrong. Pride says who are you to tell me anything, only God can. Well, just so the record is set straight, I do show others to tell each one of you the things you cannot see. There are things that each person cannot see about themselves and I do show others to bring a word of correction and direction those that become so proud that they believe no one can tell them anything have it so wrong the problem with pride is that it blocks even my voice so that's when I use someone else to bring the word now when any one of you are told anything don't accept it just like that that's not what I'm saying because there are also those that bring a word as coming from me when in fact it's their problem with you but when a word is brought to you about something to do with you Pray and fast until you get convicted as to whether it's something I am bringing to your attention. In these days it's imperative that you are so sensitive and focused in mind, spirit, soul and body, so on guard as to any attacks coming at you and from you, so on guard as to what is in your heart, your responses, your actions and thoughts, because times are getting darker and darker and those who truly Those truly following me in spirit and soul and body must have no darkness in them. I'm not saying this to put you all in fear, but I'm saying this as a warning of what's ahead. It doesn't mean I'm going to hit you with a bolt of lightning when you don't get it right. My grace and mercy are always there for you. But it does mean that anyone who does not walk in love and humility as a heart choice will be left behind. Just as Moses, who was a great servant of mine, didn't get into the promised land, so you will be with me in heaven ultimately, but you will not see the fulfilment of the promise here on earth. Just keep staying close to me, keep calling on me, and do not despise the words of your brothers and sisters, but test them and see if there's any merit in them. My army will be an army of lovers. They will love and give love always. It will be love that defeats the darkness, and through this love you will all walk in unity. When there are disagreements, you will talk them through and resolve them, not take offence with each other. That doesn't mean you will all remain in the same place together, for some of you have places other than where you are now. But the point is it doesn't matter where you are placed physically, because spiritually you are one. As Paul my apostle said when he was in prison that he was there in spirit at Colossae Colossians 2, 5 and also see 1 Corinthians 5, 3 and 4 That is the point The physical realm isn't the important one The spiritual realm is Do not take offence but walk in love and if a brother or sister does take offence and goes bless them on their way and let me work on them Sometimes these things happen because people have stuff they need to work through and I will work through it with them and they will eventually be reconciled but only if they are willing. Some won't be and you have to let them go. It's a matter of the heart. Sometimes their offence is justified for they are not listened to and in those instances I have to work on your stuff so you reconcile with them. Ultimately what I'm saying is walk in love and humility. Stay open and vulnerable no matter how hard and just keep following me and my lead. Your heart's cry has to be the, my heart's cry of I only say what the Father says and I only do what the Father does. Go in peace, my children, stay close to me always. But know none of you are God, none of you are me and know all things. Remember that and you won't go far wrong. Remember that without me you can do nothing but with me all things are possible. Walk in love and humility as I am love and am humble. But always remember I love you with a deep passion. I will give you all the strength and courage you need and I will never leave you. I am always by your side. I am the vine and you are the branches. You get your life strength and growth from me. Keep grafted in and you won't go far wrong. Step back into me and let me be your covering. Let me hide you in the shadow of my wings, and you will soar like eagles for me. You will be my mighty united army. Can you hear the sound of marching feet? Can you hear a mighty stamp as millions of feet stand to attention for me, your captain of the hosts? And with you stand many, many of my angels. You have all the help you will ever need and more. Open your eyes and see, and believe, my beloved ones. These are some of my words for 2008. Thank you.